When thinking about buying a second home, many people assume they will be an individual owner. However, there are partial ownership arrangements that many find advantageous. In this episode of the Senior Lifestyles Podcast, we'll unpack the details of full versus partial ownership so you can determine which would work best for you. Are you hitting a new phase in your life and starting to again wonder, what's next? As we reach the age of retirement and beyond, it calls for answers to new questions in our lives, such as, what's the deal with senior living? How does Medicare work? And how can I live my best life in retirement? In this podcast, we explore the answers to these questions and much more. This is Pete Kears, and welcome to the Senior Lifestyles Podcast. Brought to you by Cantissimo Senior Living. It's common to think of acquiring a second home as a full owner. In its purest form, full ownership of a second home means you are the only person on the title and the mortgage. However, it is not unusual for couples to have both names on a home's legal documents and still consider it a full ownership situation. Also, full ownership means the owner has rights to living in the property all year. Nevertheless, there are also types of partial ownership where more than one person has rights to the real estate asset and each individual owner can only stay for a limited period of time during the year. Partial or multiple ownership means that more than one person owns the home together. These people could be siblings, parents and their children, other family members, friends, business partners, and even people who have no relationship to each other except as co-owners. Partial ownership arrangements often arise when individuals cannot afford a second home independently. While co-ownership deals may help you achieve an otherwise unreachable goal of owning a second home, it is usually more complex than full ownership. There are three primary ways second home partial ownership can be handled. Joint tenancy, tenancy in common, and fractional ownership. First, joint tenancy. In a joint tenancy situation, ownership shares are divided equally, no matter how much each owner has invested. As a result, owners are equally entitled to enjoy the property's benefits. Still, they are equally responsible for mortgage payments and property taxes. If an owner fails to pay, the others must fill in the gap. One distinctive feature of joint tenancy is that shares cannot be inherited upon the owner's death. Instead, those shares are divided equally among the other owners. However, an owner can sell their interest in the property without approval by the others. Finally, all owners must agree if the property is to be sold. If an owner disagrees, the others can offer to buy that owner's shares or the dissenting owner can buy the other owner's shares. If neither option is available, the owners who want to sell can seek a court order to force the sale. However, they need to convince the court that there is a good reason for selling. Next, tenancy in common. Under tenancy in common, shares in the property are divided according to how much each owner has invested. Even so, each owner has full rights to use the property during their allotted time. In addition, Unlike joint tenancy, tenancy in common allows shares to be inherited 
and sales of shares must be approved by other owners. When the property is sold, all parties must agree to do so, and proceeds are divided based on what percent of the purchase price each owner paid. Finally, fractional ownership. Fractional ownership is an emerging partial ownership model. Sometimes the term is used to describe more conventional partial ownership arrangements where multiple individuals own a property together. However, companies like Picasso and Flyway have packaged and popularized the concept. These organizations purchase properties, create an LLC, and sell shares. Buying one or more shares means the purchaser owns a percentage of the real estate asset and is entitled to use the property annually for the time equivalent to that percentage. So, for example, owning one-sixth of the property gives that owner the right to stay for 60 days per year. Sometimes fractional ownership is mistakenly thought to be another form of timeshare. The defining difference is a fractional ownership property is collectively owned by its shareholders. The shares can be bought and sold as real estate assets. Buying a timeshare only entitles the purchaser to a prescribed time to stay at the property. What are the pros and cons of partial ownership? Well, the advantages are, first, affordability. By pooling their resources, multiple owners can purchase bigger and better properties than an individual owner could ever afford. Also, maintenance and other ongoing costs are shared by the owners. Then, there's ownership of a real estate asset. Whether fully or partially owned, buyers have title to valuable assets that can be bought or sold. And then, efficient utilization. By definition, a fully owned second home must be either vacant or rented out when the owner lives in the main home. In contrast, a partial ownership arrangement can be managed to minimize the amount of time the property remains unused. Also, partial owners can adjust the amount of their investment to line up with the amount of time that they plan to use it. For example, a partial owner who wants to stay in a second home for three months annually would purchase a 25% stake in the property. While these advantages are compelling, there are significant advantages, disadvantages to partial ownership. First, legal complexities. The legal setup for partial ownership can be complicated. Is joint tenancy or tenancy in common better? The ownership group needs to retain an experienced attorney to uh, advise and implement the most appropriate legal structure. Then there's mortgage issues. Lenders commonly finance multiple ownership arrangements. However, as the number of owners increases for a property, the number of lenders willing to enter into complicated mortgage deals decreases. It can be even more difficult if an individual partial owner tries to find a standalone mortgage just for their share. Then there's multiple owner management. Managing the property can be complicated and time-consuming. The reason is owners must cooperate in decision-making on everything from finances to rules governing the use of the second home. To facilitate the process, the owner should agree on governing principles at the time of the purchase. In addition, hiring a reputable property management company will considerably reduce the headaches for owners. Then there's allocating time. While each owner is entitled to a set amount of time at the property, scheduling that time can be complicated. The simplest scenario is when each owner has the same weeks every year. While some people considering partial ownership might find this too inflexible, more flexibility in scheduling can lead to conflicts between owners competing for the same dates. 
Therefore, agreeing at the outset on a scheduling protocol is essential. In this regard, automated solutions can greatly alleviate problems. Partial ownership can be a good alternative for those who might not be able to afford a second home. However, it's a good idea to research all the pros and cons before deciding if it works for your situation. Thank you for listening. If you found this helpful, we appreciate it if you would please consider subscribing to the podcast so we can let you know when new episodes are released. In addition, please share and leave a review. To find more on this topic and others, including videos and ebooks, visit CantissimoSeniorLiving.com. This is Pete Kears with the Senior Lifestyles Podcast. Talk to you next time.